Sky Sports Radio loves talking racing. The people, the jockeys, the horses. The gates open now. They're off and racing. Time now for Punter's Postmortem. Have a look at this. How much did this have on the field? Analysis of the weekend's racing plus your calls. Welcome to Punter's Postmortem. Yeah, welcome to Punter's Postmortem on this Monday, the first Punter's Postmortem of 2021. And we're looking forward to a big year of trying to find your winner with usually three folks. We would have had Glenn Munson joining us today, but he's still on a bit of a holiday. He'll be back in early Feb, but we've got two of our legends. Uh, we've got uh, Ron Duffersey and Dean Lester joining us. We want to hear as many calls and texts from you, the partners, as possible. 1350 is the open line number. The text line, 0419-767-272. And I'll go straight to Ron Duffersey. Ron, we just heard you before on Big Sports Breakfast, but great to have you back for another season of Punters Postmortem. Yeah, looking forward to it, Dave. We've been going a while now, and um, we had the meeting at Rose Hill Gardens on Saturday. We hadn't been there for a while, and they did a bit of work on the track, and I must say it's, uh, it shaped up pretty well. The track was was fair, it was good, and it's ready to go on for a uh, for an autumn carnival. I've got no doubt about that. Dean Lester joining us from our Melbourne studio. Dino, we heard you uh, through the summer on Racing HQ, but as I said to Ron then, great to have you back for another season, mate. Yeah, thanks very much, Dave. Good to be here. Let's get straight into it. And as I said, we want plenty of texts and plenty of calls. If you're listening at home and you want to ask the boys about something that happened on the weekend, I've got to go straight into it. Uh, Remark, obviously, uh, there's already a few texts about this, gents. Um, Duff, we heard you touch on Remark before on the Big Sports Breakfast. But for our listeners that have just tuned in, what did you make of the performance? And um, have we got a serious cult on our hands? We'll know next time. You like to see improvement from one run to the next, but I think it's there. Um, he's, he's quality. He's obviously got pedigree. He's got a boom, and they don't falsely put boom on, booms on horses, um, you know, Team Hawks. So he's uh, he's got a lot going for him. He, I don't know whether he beat much. He run no time. Uh, but he's got the talent. Uh, there's no doubt about it. He'll, he'll improve off that. He'll be a much better horse uh, taking a sit. Um, but... He's, I think we all got to sit back and have another look at him next time and just uh, look for that improvement, which I'm sure is there. Um, you know, he's a big quality colt. There's, there's, there's no doubt about it. And he, he, he'll get the race smarts about him now. And the only stickling point is how strong these two-year-olds are this year. And as I touched on it before, I think Victoria are very strong this year and the Blue Diamond's going to be... a a good lead-up. You know, we've got Enthar, we've got Acrobat, and we've got, uh, I don't mind the look of that, Profiteer, and, and Four Moves Ahead's a lovely, lovely filly. And and then and we haven't even touched on a few. I'm a big fan mm. of a horse called Animo. Uh, so there's a lot of water to go under the bridge, and they've got to get through and so show they're strong enough to get all the way through. So I'm interested in Dean's thoughts on the two-year-olds, because I think um, the Victorians might have a better grip on the two-year-olds, bar Enthar, than we do. What did you make of it, Dean? Uh, watching from afar, remark on Saturday. Yeah, I liked what I saw of him, Dave, uh, because he's so raw. Uh, he wandered up the straight. Uh, you know, he didn't flatten out. You know, the the uh, the late sectional wasn't there because he wasn't really flattening out. So uh, I think there's a lot of improvement there, and uh, uh, he's uh, he's you know I think going to be a significant player uh, come uh, the main races. But uh, yeah, I think the uh, that uh, you know. As uh, Duff mentioned, Profiteer is the one that's come through over summer in in Melbourne, and uh, I think uh, he certainly you know showed nice ability. And even one that a horse that won at Geelong called Jigsaw is a I think a very smart two year old in the Cindy Alderson stable. Uh, he won very well, and 
uh, he'll, he'll be seen in the Blue Diamond Prelude. What do you make of the Victorian runners? I mean, Duff gives them a big rap there. He, he mentioned on the Big Sports Breakfast about this Blue Diamond possibly being a, a very good lead-up race to, uh, to the Golden Slipper. Has it surprised you, the, the quality? Well, it's such an unusual year, Dave. Uh, I think um, one of the things that uh, you've got to remember is that the Magic Millions horses got sold pre-COVID and the Melbourne Premier sales were done pre-COVID. And then we had a mishmash of online sales and getting yearlings sold through April through June. So there might be horses just come on the scene really late because they got broken in later, they were sold later. Uh, so I think there's so much uh, to play out in this year and that's why you know, it mightn't look a spectacular year at the moment but there might be a lot to roll out. What has been uh, the most impressive performance from a two-year-old perspective, Dino, from you, from a Victorian point of view? You just mentioned Jigsaw, but is there another one that's... I mean, what about Forbes? Is that the number one seed for the Friedman team? Yeah, I think he's the number one seed for the Friedman team, but I believe he won't uh, He won't campaign in Melbourne. I think he's going straight to Sydney with an right. eye to the slipper. Okay. Uh, but Profiteer's the one uh, off the times and, and performance and his improvement from trials to race day. Uh, and it's a race that McPrice has used before, that uh, two-year-old race in mid-December, uh, or around that time frame, especially Extreme Choice one in Sydney, won the English Nursery, came back and won a Blue Diamond, uh, profiteers on that sort of timeline path, and uh, I think he's uh, he's the, the best. But uh, Enterhar, of course, we saw her trial last week at uh, Werribee, and she was a bit keen, a bit fresh, she trialled well, um, they'll start getting her, you know, screwed down towards a, a Blue Diamond and, a, and the Golden Slipper. They've had that in the mind all the way along. So, uh, yeah, as I said, uh, Jigsaw was one that uh, impressed. And um, you know, a couple of others. There's a, uh, a horse called Folds that won quite well at uh, Geelong on Debut on Boxing Day. Uh, and he, uh, the horse that he beat came out and won on Friday. So there's a little bit of form through even the, our provincial uh, two-year-olds at the moment. Boys, I'm just going back through some, some history here and... Uh, help me out. It was was Sepoy the last horse to do the double? Yeah, yeah. Is it yeah. been is it been something that um, you know going back through history? Has it been a, a difficult task to do? Well, it was it was a, a variable task, Dave, because of course the Golden Slipper moved with Easter, so yeah. it could be sort of four weeks apart or seven weeks apart, and keeping a two year old up for a long time was hard to do. I, when Quartzer won it, I think it was only like a might have only been fourteen days between the Diamond and the Slipper. So uh, you know, she uh, she achieved that, and uh, as you mentioned, Sepoy and horse like Flying Artie placed in both, so it's not. Uh, it's not a beyond the realms uh, target. No. It's just uh, a matter of uh, you know, hitting it the right way, and and not and not as an afterthought. And that's what you, you've got to respect with Enthar. As soon as uh, she won her first start, they put her away and said that both the two-year-old races were on the table. Duff, I hope you got plenty of cash, uh, plenty of texts here about Newsreader. Some eagle-eyed punters seeing uh, RS Duffacy in the owners' details on Racing Australia. Um, You've got a little share in Newsreader, and it was a good, good win in the maiden. Yeah, we, we, we bred her and uh, just kept a part of her from the sales, which you do these days, and uh, John's done a great job with her. And um, my brother and a good friend, Robert DeCourcy, are, are in, involved there. So uh, she's um, great to see her just mature. She was doing a few things wrong as a two-year-old, and she failed on that slow track. And it's been a target race for a while and um yeah it paid off and just, I, I thought she was quite impressive actually she 
run faster time than the Magic Millions, as invariably they do in the maiden there. Uh, I don't know how, but they do it every, nearly every year. So, yeah, I, I don't know what John's thinking with her now, or uh, she didn't have long a long spell, but uh, we'll leave that to him. He's done a good job with her so far. Oh, well done, mate. Uh, let's talk about that two-year-old classic, the Magic Millions. Uh, we saw Chris Waller get his first uh, Magic Millions two-year-old classic. I'm sure it won't be his last, and some very faithful owners too, a real Gold Coast affair there, of course, in the Rangi Rangdu colours, the Morgan colours, and also another big um, supporter of Chris, um, Mr Devon. Vine. Um, what did you make? I, I, I had a tip for this horse about a month and a half ago saying get on and I had something on at the 450 and it's SP $12 <laughs> on the day. Um, but one of these um, Charlas, which is sort of a, a new sire there at Arrowfield and well he's got some ticker. He has. So, you know I had a little query after Eagle Farm at 1200 metres with him. Um, I loved him when he won the Breeders' Plate and uh, there was lovely improvement, you know, when in the lead-up at the Gold Coast when Finance Tycoon nodded him out and he had the luxury of Barrier 1 and, 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 and the, the good ride from Bowman. So he's back in business and back on track, there's no doubt about it. He's ticked the 1,200-metre box and he's a, you know, a Magic Millions winner. And I, I, I remember saying a couple of times, I don't think it's been a strong mag- Magic Millions, but invariably you get it wrong um, because uh, there's been two or three years I've thought, oh... Um, they, they haven't run time and they, I don't think they're the best two-year-olds and then their form shapes up all the way through. So let's assess him um, with his lead-ups and Chris will handle him and freshen him and probably give him a run before the slipper, but he was very, very good. Yeah. Alpine Edge has done a good job and she's all class. You would have to say maybe the barrier beat her, so she had excuses and Queen of Wizardry was good. She was... Um, um, Nice improvement from her and Ranch Hands a nice horse for later on. Um, he's the he's the size champagne type of horse. The other one of Chris's. So, um, a good win from a good colt. Mm. Dino, uh, from a Melbourne perspective, uh, we saw Finance Tycoon uh, for uh, Ben and, and Tom Davening. That's Ben Hayes uh, beat Sh- uh, Shakiro in that lead up run, um, but the the gate just didn't help, did it? No, it didn't. Uh, he ran really well, and uh, obviously I had him as uh, you know the top of the the B the B team down here. Right. He's a really smart horse, and uh, he might have elevated a bit, and might have been just you know peaking for the two weeks at the Gold Coast, and he probably ran as well as he could given the barrier and the circumstance of the race. Let's talk about the three-year-old race. Uh, Duff, obviously, AIM, um, now gelded. We had uh, on the Big Sports Breakfast this morning, we had Paul Snowden, and they're going to have some fun with this bloke now, considering he has had that operation and, and being only a three-year-old gelding. Um, obviously, though, Eyes of Tope um, was the big talking point. I I've, was in a, a TAB in Cowra, and I tell you what, you could have heard a pin drop um, after the, the fall of Ryan Maloney. Yeah, that's just, just that was terrible. Uh, luckily, he's okay. Um, but when you you know got an even money chance in a you know two million dollar race and you, you you camp there ready to pounce and you clip heels, it's not a good sight, is it? Um, but aim, no fluke at all. I'm dirty on aim. I'm I'm, a, I'm his greatest fan, and I had the, the it loaded in the cannon a hundred on him at the forty to one. I was sitting next to Munzee and I said, oh, I can't. I've been there once too often, and mm. here he comes swooping down the outside, and he's a dry tracker. It's as simple as that. He trialled brilliantly as a gelding, and then uh, Peter and Paul had to run him, 
on that wet track. They were forced to run him, and then we were put into a false sense of security again. Uh, but that's his ability. It wasn't a fluke, and he, as long as he gets dry tracks, he's a he's a good horse. Um, there's no doubt about it. Um, look, I couldn't really make excuses for too many others in the race. He he just swooped on them. Amish, Amish boy was good, and away game was good at 1400. Considering. Uh, what did you make of the three-year-old race, Dino? Yeah, well, it certainly uh, changed in a in a flash, didn't it, uh, with the, the incident with Isotope? But look, uh, I mean, Aim was a hard horse to assess uh, with the you know getting onto dry ground, maybe, and as a gelding, um, I thought the I thought he was massive odds on the day was Amish Boy because yeah. he had some really good runs last time in. He, he all but won the uh, the Dane Hill uh, behind Doubtland. He ran second to Crosshaven. He ran well behind Ole Kirk and the Corvair Guineas. He hadn't been seen since uh, that run at Randwick when he was on the soft ground with top weight. So I was surprised he was such big odds, but he, he ran a good race and uh, an away game. She didn't track very well, Duff. Uh, she just wanted to, you know, lay out, and, and she usually just flattens out and real pro. I thought she, you know, she obviously got galloped on, and maybe that really had an effect on her because she had a uh, the stewards report saying she had cuts and abrasions and a gallop being galloped on. She, I, I certainly felt as though her action was wrong in the straight. Yeah, which is unusual because she's had a plenty, plenty of right hand experience, and and yeah, I think maybe maybe you're right because uh, um, if something gets on the back of them, they can race on a little bit of fear. Yep. Boys, uh, what about um, in Sydney Town? Uh, a few texts here. Uh, I'll come to you, Duff, on uh, what you thought of the bopper in race number two and, and the good performance of Tallier. Yeah, the bopper, the, the writing was on the wall um, with their eye on the prize with the Inglis million-dollar sprint. Um, he'd only had one very soft trial coming into the race and the damage was done when... He fired out and got involved in that speed battle there and he just ran out of condition late. It's as simple as that. I think it's a forgive run where Tallier just set up uh, perfectly. She had to run back, a trial tick over the 1100 and uh, the market was right. They they end up backing her into favourite and she toyed with the rivals. So uh, Lashes was, was good again. Um, Academy was excellent. He's a horse to follow because 1100's too short for him. And the bopper, I, I'm convinced it's a, it's a forgive run for, from him for sure. She's an exciting horse, Tellier, isn't she, Dino? Because we saw her not only produce what she has at uh, at Rose Hill and and um, various other Sydney tracks, but when she went to Mooney Valley that day and Mark Zara rode her, she seemed to handle the valley in that way of going as well. Yeah, and I think uh, you know, at that stage of her career, maybe we thought, uh, yeah, gee, she's just a really good wet tracker, her form had elevated, but mm. she was just on the improve. And that day she won at the Valley, she absolutely toyed with a mare called Sword of Mercy, who uh, ran so well at stakes level down here on Saturday. So uh, now her form is seriously good. Uh, on dry or wet, she's going to win a, herself a, a very decent race, I think. We're going to take a break on Punters Postmortem. We'll take your calls after that. 1350353 is the open line number. Or give us a text on 0419767272. You've got Dean Lester and Ron Duffercy. If you love horse racing and have always wanted to take part in the sport of kings but don't know which horse to buy a share of, then come and join us at the Winner's Circle. Winner's Circle consultants provide expert advice, specialising in selecting the best value yearlings that will give you the best chance of success, all at a special introductory rate. Perfect for first-time owners and punters clubs, our formula will give you the competitive edge. Secure your advantage for magic millions. Visit winnerscircleconsultants.com.au. 
Is your horse a fasciator, can't put on weight, has loose manure, anxious behaviour or is prone to tying up? Poseidon Equine has the answers. It may be a problem with your horse's gut, the engine of your horse. Engines need the right fuel to fire. That's why Australia's leading stables report outstanding transformations with Poseidon Equine's digestive supplements. Visit poseidon-equine.com to learn how to best fuel your horse's engine. That's poseidon-equine.com. Poseidon Equine. True health begins in the gut. Sky Sports Radio, racing through history. Randwick Racecourse is crown land leased to the Australian Turf Club. New South Wales Governor Richard Burke designated the land for use as a racecourse in 1833, replacing Hyde Park. Sandy Course, as it was known, was used until 1840, when it was deemed too dangerous for the horses. Racing then moved to Homebush. Racing resumed at Randwick after the AJC moved its headquarters there in early 1860. You know, hope springs a tunnel in the human breast and the large crowd at Randwick. The land was granted to the AJC in 1863, then the ATC in 2011 after the merger of the two Sydney clubs. Favourites impending, Red Light is on, gates open raising. A son of champion Lonro from dual Group 1 winner Nemesin, impeccably bred. Impending's the one two classy. He raced in all the big races against all the good horses. Impressive. Impending's won the strap break from in her time and clearly innocent. Impending and performer photo Chautauqua or Rock Magic or Clearly Innocent and Vega Magic Super Castrol Aguira Man from Uncle. Imagine winning the Everest, the Golden Slipper, Sires Produce, Golden Rose, Caulfield Guineas, Darley Sprint Classic, Lightning Stakes, Stradbroke. Impending. First yearlings at the sales now. Radio, racing through history. Canterbury first witnessed horse racing in 1852 when Cornelius Proud cleared part of his land for locals to use as a race course. In 1871, some businessmen leased adjacent land for the same purpose. The Canterbury Park Race Club took up residence in early 1884. There was a racetrack, a 700-seat grandstand and even a zoo that remained open until the start of World War I. Turning the corner, they're closing on the leader. The STC acquired the race course, holding its first meeting at Canterbury in January 1945. It's a grandstand finish. You're listening to Punters Postmortem. Have your say. Call us on 13 53 53 SMS 0419 767 272 or send us a tweet at Sky Sports Radio 1. I'll tell you what, you learn something every day as we uh, welcome back to Punters Postmortem. Duff, did you know there was a zoo at Canterbury? A zoo? Yeah, that, I just heard Kevin Wolfe. He's, he's doing the uh, the history uh, ads on Sky Sports Radio. They're saying it was uh, a zoo, and then the STC acquired the land, and they had races there and seven hundred um, capacity grandstand. I didn't know there was a zoo there. No, that's new to me, uh, David. Didn't they have a nightclub there? Yeah, Back they had the a day. nightclub. When we had the first ra- the night meetings, we, there was a nightclub there, and there was no booze buses around in those days. And, you know, <laughs> You'd get yourself in all sorts of trouble. Maybe that's the zoo they were referring to. <laughs> <laughs> um, do you, what would be the highlight from you? Here you go, Duff. I know we're segueing away from punters, but what would be a highlight for you for for Canterbury Racetrack? It's a it's a it's a it's a bloody good track. Yeah, it is. You know, we geez, well, they used to have the Canterbury Guineas there of, the, of a night and. And the, that was a huge event, a huge. That's when the nightclub used to be rocking and rolling. Um, but uh, you know, I, I don't think the turnover was as strong as it is in the day. They learnt that. But uh, 
we went up, we come a novelty and first come up the nice racing and they everyone yeah. used to get right behind it. it used to be packed there at Canterbury Park. We've got a caller on line one, John. Morning, mate. Good morning. What's your question? Well, not so much a question. I I just want to say uh, a couple of things. I've been a punter for uh, fifty years. I started in the day when you know the family would just listen to three way turf talk and and and, and listen to the races all day. Uh, so. I just want to give punters a little bit of an insight, maybe how they can uh, win some money. And, and that is thinking a little bit outside the square and sort of thinking, how can I get a big dividend? And the way I taught myself was more doing my research after race day, going through the, the, the form guide, the sportsman, and, and seeing why big price winners won. Uh, uh, are you guys there? Yeah, yep. mate, yeah, yeah. Yes, I'm, I'm not used to talking on radio. It's, it's not. It, it seems a bit strange to me. Uh, but and I'll, I'll give you and I'll, I'll give you a perfect example. Just thinking outside the square, uh, how you can use your exotic bets maybe to make some money. If you look at the race that Crone uh, won on Saturday, my last bet after having your normal bets would have taken the three favourites for, for uh, first and second, and throw in some roughies either side. $25 plus. And, of course, the first two I threw in almost were Crone and Snow Valley for foot. Now, I've jagged 5% of a $22,000 first four. And that was more just thinking, how can I get a big dividend here? And I think punters sort of think a bit outside the square and, uh, instead of just just following short price favourites, which, uh, unfortunately, I too often come to grief. John, appreciate your call, mate. Um, do you, have, you guys have any little quirks? Um, Duff, and, and I'll come to you, Dino, as well here on, on punting. I remember when you had, um, well, Munns won't back horses that have never had a start at Rose Hill when they're having their debut run. He lets them go. Um, I know uh, Chris Roots uh, won't touch a particular horse, young horses, with without blinkers, or he had some sort of punting rule. Have you boys got any sort of punting rules? Um, not directly sort of like that situation. I think each, <coughs> each race is a challenge doing the form and you, then you start uh, uh, doing your positives and negatives as far as the other situations are concerned. I, probably the main thing I like to cross-reference with my betting is uh, once the races start, if there's any other edge as far as a perceived pattern's concerned, when, you know, if I've got a... If it's a leader's track and my top pick is... You know, a back marker, and my third or fourth pick at odds is is going to be in a in a spot on top of the speed, and it's an on speed track. I could just switch around a little bit there and have a little save the other way, um, but nothing directly. I, I just treat e- each individual race as it comes along. What about you, Dino? Um, I'm, uh, as the caller mentioned, I'm very big on the review, uh, and and especially when a long odds winner wins that you mightn't have found how it won you know where's the what was the logic behind it winning was it the run of race was it uh just coming up to a peak had overlooked something about its form and and just trying to improve i mean that's the idea of this caper to get better every day you'll never stop learning and uh i think uh the reviews the big uh, betting wise um i don't like horses coming off really fast 1,600 metre races going to 2,000. That's mm. a totally different tempo, and we saw that on Saturday down here. There was a horse well in the betting and um, of uh, 
Peter Galagotis's, and he he didn't uh, adapt to the different tempo and and was disappointing uh, long arm. So you know, they're just there's little things that you, you you have in your head that you don't like, and that that's just one that comes to mind. David's on line two. Morning, David. Good morning. Just before I start, um, great to have you back, and happy New Year to all of you. I hope we all have a good year, and I hope you guys have a good happy year, and good luck to you. Here, happy here. New Year to you and your families. Thanks, David. Um, just one thing, two quick things. Um, Ron, the, the, so far the best two-yard I think I've seen is Acrobat. Um, admittedly, it was a fast track, but the time it ran first up, I think it was Inglis, 56.02. It was just lightning. It looked really impressive. So that's first thing, what you think of Acrobat. But, Dean, a um, couple of stays I've been, for the future, I've been looking at um, one of them to fibrillate. I remember a year ago I thought this horse has some potential and Payne put it out for spell. Um, what sort of future do you think it has? Um, I was thinking the Adelaide Cup and then I guess everyone has dreams for the Melbourne Cup, but at this stage, where do you think um, defibrillates? Like what sort of future do you think it has? And um, Adelaide Cup, do you think it can be like Passan or what do you think? Yeah, he could certainly go the Adelaide Cup. Uh, the other option he could go, David, is the uh, Mornington Cup, which is similar money, but gets you that ticket into the Caulfield Cup without getting too much weight. And, uh, you know, I, I don't know. He's uh, he's a lightly raced son of Shocking. He's won 7 of 11. He's got a very similar profile to Surprise Baby, actually. Uh, and he's a very good horse. I think the, it was an enforced spell he had uh, through injury and uh, it might have just given him a chance to mature further. He's he's a lot better racehorse than he was uh, 12 months ago. He can take up a better spot and uh, he's a beauty. Mm. Uh, just back on Acrobat, you know, he was very impressive at his debut. It was a 1,000 metre race and um, I just don't know if that was a strong race and it was a fast day, uh, like that, a couple of other, I think a couple of, other races on the day run the fastest thousand, but they were weak races like highway thousand meter, meter races as well. So I I want to see him again. I'm I'm, I'm more in his stable mate's corner and Thar at this stage. But Acrobat did start off with a bang. He does have the best performance figures adjusted of any two year old this season. I know it was fast ground, but that's adjusted as well. So to, yeah. yeah, he's an interesting one. Whether he's just a short course or uh, or he'll lengthen out. Old Pete uh, joins us now. Morning, old Pete. Good morning. I want to tell you about the three most fabulous days at Canterbury Racecourse. Yep. Number one was Todman winning the Canterbury Guineas. He won me 10 lengths. And then you go back to the history and say, geez, he probably beat merry-go-round horses. Well, the horse that ran second, Turkestan and Prince Call, both won Group 1 races within the next 12 months. Then I was there when Elko Bar and Syntax raced in the last uh, match race in Sydney. was mm. a fan. Hello? Yep. El Cobar went on to win the Dimbin 10,000. Both New Zealanders, fantastic promotion. And the other one was Gunsin winning the Canterbury Stakes. It was unbelievable. He must have given him 12 length start coming up to the turn, and he beat him out of sight. Tommy, Tommy Smith had just got him on. Then he must have been, yeah, a four-year-old. Geez, you've been around a bit, old Pete. You've been around a while. Well, I've seen Burnborough and I've seen Bradman. Wow. What's the be- okay, old Pete? I'm 85 what's- in April. Old Pete, what's the best horse you've ever seen? Oh, Tullock. Tullock? What? Where? Oh uh, well, what he did, like you know, as a spring freer. I'll even know Tottenham. You know, you left Canterbury that day, saying, "Oh, geez, how are they going to beat him?" 
Well, he then he won the Warwick Stakes, the Rose Hill Guineas. Then he won the uh, AJC Derby. The next week, he won the Caulfield Guineas in race record time. Next week, he won the Caulfield Cup in race record time. He would have won the Melbourne Cup jumping three hurdles, but the owner <laughs> wouldn't start him. Then <laughs> he come out and won, well, he won the VRC Derby. Yeah. yeah he, Jeez, your memory's all... How good. Yeah, memory's all right. Oh, yeah, I can remember. I remember, yes, I forgot what I ate for tea last night. That's exactly right, old Pete. Thanks for joining us, mate. Uh, good call. Patrick uh, is on line five. Morning, Patrick. Good morning. Uh, I'm going to presume people listening to this show are interested in horse racing. I would love to pay tribute to the greatest owner, not one of the best, in John Holloway's words, but the very best owner, Ever known, Prince Khaled Abdullah. Yes. Known as Kenny Abdullah in his younger days. Yeah, that um, that was sad news of his passing. No, I, 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 I just leave it at that. He was the very best. Okay. Beautiful, Patrick. Thank you very much for your call. Uh, where are we going to go next to, Boydo? We're going to go uh, Trent, John. No, we're going to um, keep... Actually, here's a text we'll go to before we get to some more calls. Gee, I thought we were running a competition. They were all ringing up there for a second. It was outstanding. Uh, and we've isn't it amazing too, Duff? Um, when you mention something like Canterbury, there are a stack of texts here, like Universal Prince, the highlight winning the Canterbury Guineas. The racing history it just shows how much history there is in our sport. And you know, it's one of those things you, you never forget a good horse, do you? No, you do not. Yeah, and a, and a moment. You know, there's a lot of those people to be thinking of those moments when they're at Canterbury and. And, you know, and you see a good horse, and, and not so much these days, but because we don't have many Saturday meetings there. But uh, there's there's been some great horses run at Canterbury. There's no no doubt about it. Dino, text here. Uh, your thoughts on the winner of the three-year-old two thousand metre race at Flemington on Saturday? That's from Bubbles. Uh, he look heroes. The horse he's talking about. He's two from two. Uh, He's a very dour stayer, and he got a very fast run race, and they walked home. They run home about 38 seconds the last 600, and he just out-toughed them. But he's only had two starts, so uh, he's doing a, a good job. Uh, he won his maiden at 1,500, and he was off the bit virtually the whole way, but he kept chasing and uh, got the job done on Saturday. Son of Fiorente, uh, yeah, he can certainly stay. Um, I don't know where he, he you know, to me, he looks more like a St. Ledger horse or something like that, but uh, he can stay. Right. How good a sprinter? How good a thousand metre horse is Fabagino? She's yeah. done a marvellous job. She's an amazing sprinter. Yeah, she's uh, she just keeps her fresh, runs her down the straight, or well, just keeps her to a thousand metres. And uh, you know, really, uh, her only miss was at twelve hundred, or the uh, the night she missed the start in the Moyer, unfortunately for connections. But uh, she was yeah really good on Saturday, and uh, she'll stay now for the Lightning and. Uh, she'll give a good sight. She's got plenty of experience down the straight now, and she, she's uh, very quick. Mark's on line one. Morning, Mark. Yeah, good day, boys. What have you got for us? Serena. Yes, Mark. Got a big rap on a horse, and I found out you had a big rap on it on it also, not long after I backed it to win the um, the Victorian Derby. It didn't go there. Ain't yep. no deal done. Does it yep. go to the Sydney Derby or what? Do I give your uh, money back? Yeah, I... They're looking at Rose Hill Guineas, aren't they? Yeah, they're very keen to make him into a stallion, so I think they'll be trying to win a uh, Australian Guineas, a Randwick Guineas, or a Rose Hill Guineas. Uh, and then I wouldn't be surprised if he was more a Doncaster horse than a Derby horse, but uh, okay. he's a very good horse regardless. Yeah, 
He's a beauty. Thanks, mate. Mm. That's all I need to know. Champion Mark, thanks for your call. Uh, I think we've got uh, Kurt. Kurt's back for another season. Uh, he's on line two. Morning, Kurt. Morning, Dave, Dino, Ron. Trust you're all well and doing well, boys. Yes, Good mate. On you, Kurt. On your boys, Ronnie. How good's punters post mortem, mate? Oh, we we wouldn't we know what to do without it, uh, Kurt. We we we're back around for another year. Well, let's be fair, Incan, Ronnie. Um, shows on radio, they I would I would say it's probably harder than TV because TV eyeballs make the ratings, okay? And it's easy to keep your eyeballs on the screen and keep their ratings up with their numbers, as opposed to radio, you got to lend your eardrums. And let's just say, Ronnie, a show like this that's been on the air for, what, at least quarter of a century, if it was no good, I'm sure it would have been heave-hoed many, many years ago, Ron. What say you? Yeah, look, live radio, there's nothing like it. You, you don't know who you're going to get next, Kurt, so it's... Uh... So what, more than quarter of a century, too, I think, published post-mortem? It yeah, be, might Dino. be. I was being conservative. Ronnie, yeah. I'm just going to play a little sale of a century with you, mate. Something yeah. different. Something different. Mm-hmm. Okay, I mainly get these, these are her black type stats. 23 starts, 6 group 1s, 1 group 2, 2 group 3s, 1 listed race. She only cost $210,000 in 2017. She's the numero uno progeny of her great sire Fastnet Rock in relation to group victories of his sons and daughters, and there have been 40 individual Group 1 victors for him. Her diversity, this is Group 1 only um, stats, her Group 1 diversity distance victories, one over the 1,400, three over the 1,200, one over the mile, and one over 2,000 metres. And um, there was one more stat, Ronnie, that was a good one with her. You can jump in and tell me who I'm talking this about. Is for the have, car. Hey, this is for the car, Ronnie, so <laughs> oh, get it right. I'll, I'll have one go. I'll have one go. Is it Avantage? Oh, <laughs> he's one of the cars. Yeah, beauty. going to be in Australia. <laughs> in Australia. Good, <laughs> she went back-to-back back, uh, last week, Group 1 victories. She's gone back-to-back back back Group 1 twice this year, Ron. And listen to this. Listen, I've been going on about this uh, this race she was in with you to you for ages, Ron. In the Arrowfield, Ronnie, in 2019, she came 1.3 lengths and a long neck third. To guess who won? Classic legend and second Jonker. Jeez, I well, feel sorry for David Atkins how that's gone to Tony Gollan, but you saw what Jonker done and you saw what Classic Legends mm. done, Ronnie. This horse. How underrated? Tell me. How well placed, I say. How well placed. She's been beautifully placed. Look, you're in love with a Kurt, and you've followed her all the way through, and you got it right. So I've backed her twice for a couple of duck eggs. So. Yeah. <laughs> um, they, no, she's, she's a good mare. They are flying that tangerine, the Tiaka colours. Brando went down, though, in the Levin Classic. Um, so they didn't get the, the double, but they did get Avantage home. But uh, well, I think we get stiff, Brando. Yeah, he was. He was. He sort of got... Um, well, he played up before the start, played didn't he? the start, and then he got in a bumping duel on straightening, mm. and the leader had just skipped, uh, just skipped away, and... Yeah, I thought he chased really well, but uh, yeah, first leg of the be. multi, gone, beautiful. Go on. uh, what What about uh, in Sydney Town? A couple of texts here, uh, Duff, in relation to the last race. Um, you mentioned Private Eye, how he doesn't run time, but he just he's very tradesman like, and 
They can find a good horse, uh, proven thoroughbreds. Uh, Jamie's a, an expert at finding a horse. He um, does a lot of groundwork. He's a straight shooter. And, um, you know, with that last name, Walter, you, you, you just, you know, they're going to get uh, every chance in life with patience. And this horse is going to be, well, he, he's on his way, isn't he? He just hasn't put a foot wrong. And, you know, we all, a few had him down as just a wet tracker, but I, there was no evidence of that. He's still floating and learning what it's all about. Now, if he can stretch this ability out to a mile, uh, they're certainly cooking with gas. I, I, I did read uh, a, a tweet yesterday that they uh, be having a light autumn and, and looking at the spring um, for the big race at the end of the spring at Rose Hill. So uh, let's hope he can get there and he'll get every opportunity to do that. With... Um uh, Joe Pride, obviously we know uh, Dino, the processes in which he, he developed and learned under John Size and there's a few texts here in relation to Joe Pride saying they love backing his horses because there's a there's a lot of Johnny Size about uh, the way in which they're, they're programmed and, and you look at this horse, the way he's taken it through that benchmark 64 and he's just found the right races and he's not afraid to, well he hasn't been afraid to throw him back in um, you know, and we see it not so much with this horse but with other horses, where he's quite prepared to back them up very quickly. Yeah, he's uh, he certainly does, uh, and uh, he does have uh, tr- terrific success. And uh, he's a good traveller of horses. We've seen him down here do very well. So yeah, it's it's uh, it's a pretty good model to copy, isn't it? The John Size. Yeah, model. yeah very much so. <laughs> and I'll say one thing: I, I don't think there's a trainer that I know that has got that can string wins together with horses like Joe. He, he's yeah. got four or five horses there that yeah. have won four, three or four or five straight, and uh, it's just all about nurturing through their classes, and he, he just picks the right races, and they can they can string wins together, which is not easy to do. We'll take well, the, the break. class system's oh, sorry, there mate. for a reason, isn't it? So. That's right, to yeah. use it. Chris yeah. Waller does that. Yep. And, um, you know, you've got to squeeze every dollar out of these horses, taking yep. them through their classes. Well, here's some more from our advertisers here on Sky Sports Radio and Punters. Postmortem your calls on thirteen fifty three fifty three, or give us a text 0419-767-272. Hey trainers, has your horse lost its appetite? Don't despair because there is a solution. A lack of appetite is a sure sign your horse is feeling stressed. Give them the extra support they need with Poseidon Equine Stress Paste, designed specifically for those times your horse needs that extra help. Visit poseidon-equine.com to learn how to get that horse eating again. That's Poseidon-Equine.com. Poseidon Equine. True health begins in the gut. Hi, this is Luke Marlowe. Join us for the Friday fill-up on Racing HQ every Friday. We'll bring you the main players, the late mail, tips from the experts and more. 11 o'clock Friday morning. The Friday fill-up on Sky Sports Radio. Thanks to Venue Mode, you get access to exclusive markets and offers once you walk through the door of your local tab and your app turns green. See? Oh, wait, this is radio. You can't see. Well, imagine the colour green sounds like this. For more of that sweet-sounding green colour, make a date with your local today. Tab. 
Long may we play. Venue mode available on the Tab app in operating Tab venues, agencies and selected racecourses only. Gamble responsibly. Gamblers help. 1-800-858-858. You're listening to Punters Postmortem. Have your say. Call us on 13 53 SMS 0419 767 272 or send us a tweet at Sky Sports Radio 1. Yeah, very keen to hear your calls and thoughts on that number just mentioned, 135353. This is Punters Postmortem. You've got Ron Duffersey and Dean Lester on the show today, as they will be all 2021. And this is your opportunity, if you want to ask them a question, to get involved. One question that has been put to you, Duff, is on Blazer Trail. What did you make of Blazer Trail? And obviously, Ty Kunis was very good in that race for Waller and McAvoy. Yeah, I'm a big fan of Blazer Trail. I'm a big fan since day one. I thought he was a Golden Slipper winner early on. And uh, when he made his debut in the Golden Gift, big, strong, lovely horse by Criterion and... He, uh, Matt Vella's got him now and he's nurtured him through the last preparation with two soft wins. He looked, he looked amazing in the yard on Saturday. He's more mature and Matt is convinced he's a stayer and I'm, I'm, I'm not going to disagree with him after Saturday. He, he, he could well be a, you know, who knows, a Queensland Grand Prix derby type of horse. Mm. Um, liked the way he hit the line, had his chance, but Plenty of improvement to come, and uh, I just follow him. I think he's the horse to follow from Saturday. He's a he's a beautiful horse. Beautiful. There you go to that particular. Um, as long as it's dry, it's got to be dry. Yeah. Um, now back down to you, Dino. Overexposure um, for uh, Tony and Calvin McAvoy in the. Well, they are they the um, the Henderson colours? Are they the Henderson colours? No, yeah. the Glen Logan Park colours. Glen yeah. Logan Park. Yeah. Um, this one by Rothsay, and well, he's he was very good. Two starts ago, wasn't he, behind Vacillator up on the fence and he got to that clear air on Saturday, didn't he? He did. And, uh, yeah, look, last year he was like he was a really promising horse of probably two years ago and he had an injury. And uh, last year he had a bit of a rush, prep, rush preparation and got up to the Magic Millions, but uh, he, he ran well. But this year they've just kept him down here and, he, as you said, he was unlucky behind Vacillator but got the run on Saturday uh, Damien Lane's two winners were virtually carbon copy rides on uh, on overexposure and then inv- on viral in the next race, just in the 1-1, waited for the horse on the outside to drop off and uh, kick through and won. So uh, he's uh, had a little break after his fantastic December, Damien Lane, but he's picked it straight up with a double on Saturday. And just staying in Melbourne, and, and chime in here if you're keen to make comment here, Duff, on Solar Apex. So this is the horse trained by uh, Chris Waller, uh, ridden by Damien Thornton, was in the fourth on Saturday, the it's a deep impact cult though, and owned by Mister Yoshida. Is this going to be one of those horses that we have to really take note of? Just going to improve as as it gets older. Gee, he looks very immature to me. Yeah. Uh, he he looks like a, a very uh, not very big and just got a lot of lot lot of uh, you know filling out to do. And I think time will be his best friend. Uh, he's doing a good job at this stage, and that's that race we spoke about. He was the only horse of the on paces. To be still there at the finish, it was a real backmarkers race because Lakiro Alloway came from a long way back because the leaders just went way too hard in that race and uh, he battled on well. He he looked like the winner on straightening, but he'd uh, he'd ridden a pretty fast speed. So no, I think he's got it. There's a future for him as a stayer. Um, just whether it's right now or maybe even 12 months down the track. Yeah, yeah agree with all yeah. that. He he's a horse. I thought what he presented too soon there on Saturday uh, in, re- yeah, in, in retrospect uh, because he, like you said, it was a fast speed. He over-travelled and I can understand why Damien sort of 
well, they they come back at his face really, yeah. and he was wow, just yeah. he, he was just left sitting shot. But I agree he, with with maturity, he'll make it. All right, uh, Duff. In regards to Sydney, we'll jump back there. Uh, a few punters wanting to know just uh, your thoughts on takeaway remark. Is there anything in behind him? Because we were all our eyes were focused on uh, on him. Is there something we can back him behind? Maybe not up to the level that Remark is going to get to, but say like a Cork Harbour who looked like it was going backwards on the turn but then did finish off okay late. Yeah, I'd, he could be one to follow, but as far as following in the immediate future over the carnival, I, I doubt it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Chris usually gives these two, nice two-year-olds a run and I put them away, but he'll learn from that experience and um, will improve, but... Yeah, I don't know whether there's too much to follow as far as the immediate future is concerned out of that uh, that two-year-old. Reese Zethus will go to a, oh, a midweek two-year-old if you can find one and run on strongly. And, and, and like you said, Cork Harbour's got upside because he's still raw, but he's got pedigree and there's a few... You know, there's one or two staying types there as well. But, um, yeah, no, it's all about the, the, the first one there. Uh, let's go to the Gold Coast boys because there's a few texts here about eleven eleven. What a what a tough uh, what a tough bugger because he's run at Canterbury. He was wide. I think that's just maybe how you got to ride him. I think that's what Keegan said in the post race. And he's run at Wong. He was wide too when he won that Millions race. Obviously restricted races, but um, geez, he was he was good there and lovely ride by Nash. It was. He's a beauty. He is a beauty. And doesn't Greg do a great job mm. with him as well? And Greg. Had a lot of luck at the Magic Millions Day. I know he, what he win with Private Secretary, and he's had a couple of other winners there as well, Parada and and whatever. But Eleven Eleven's promised this preparation, and he's delivered. and uh, And Greg's had a lot of confidence in him, and he's got a he's got a picket fence next to him now. He's he's been a good horse. What about uh, Jonker, um, Dino? What did you make of Jonker in that snippet? I mean, has uh, seemed to have found the new lease of life up there with Tony Gollan. He certainly has, uh, and uh, yeah, he was he was brave on pace, wasn't he? He, he did a, a good job on Saturday, and uh, toughed it out well to the line. And uh, as you said, uh, yeah, t- I mean Tony Golan's a tremendous conditioner of horses, and he's getting a, a really good result and got a great result out of him on Saturday. Yeah, it took him a long while, obviously. Um, to, to imagine, and yeah, you know, they sold him for a hundred thousand because I think there was a dispute. They did you know if they wanted to geld him or, or not. Uh, but he's been a, um, he's found his form. He, he looks so good. He, I think he started favourite in a Magic Megan's two-year-old race. Remember, he got put in up the fence that That's day. Right. That's he right. Never, yeah. never recovered. Um, but he has recovered now. And, uh, two from three for for Tony, and uh, he's uh, he's going to be a, a good right. old sprinter. Now, would, correct me if I'm wrong. Was that a Birchley horse that came across? And was it yeah. Matty McGilvray? But yeah. Huey, Huey rode Jonker, didn't he? Huey rode yeah. Jonker. Yeah. Sunlight won the race. That's yeah. right. Yep. Um, now, there was, speaking of the millions, there was a horse. I, I, I had um, Luke Price on the program, Duff, uh, Racing HQ, and they were very keen on this Count de Rupi, and he said, this is this is one of the best horses I've ridden um, for the old man down here at Kimbler. Now, the plan to get to the Gold Coast went um, went a bit skew-if, especially after that 11-11 run where he ran fifth. Don't think Wyong and the soft track suited him, but boy, oh boy, back on top of the good four. They backed him on Saturday, and uh, he's going to be a horse they're going to have some fun with. He is, and I think he'll get better with time as well. He's got the pedigree to get better. You know, he's still raw and new, and um, 
you know, we, it wasn't a strong race, and he, he he only had 52 kilos. And misconsistency. Kathy O'Hara did all made all the right moves on him. He will make the grade next preparation. There's no doubt about it. You know, he, he's got a bit of form around him. He, you know, the, when you look at he was beaten by 11-11 at Wyong, and then Private Eye last start. So that form read read good for Saturday, and that he was backed accordingly and got the job done. But uh, he is work in progress. Okay. Um, fellas, what about uh, if you've have you heard any news about Acrobat? Go this one from Billy. Uh, any rumours uh, about Acrobat running in the English race, the English Millennium? Yeah, yeah I, I, I don't know. Um, when you look at the market for that Millennium, and look, it's worth a, two million bucks, mm. and I can't see anything that's going to run. Um, it's it's just, like I keep saying, people have so many options. In the old days, everything could be targeting a $2 million race. You look, Acrobat's favourite, Profiteer, Sneaky Five, um, is in the market there. So they're the top three in the market. I, I, I don't, I, I haven't, well, they haven't, I don't know if they've trialled recently. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm interested what's going to happen in that um, that high Money yeah. race. Dino, from a have, have you one heard anything about Acrobat or prop, we won't see Profiteer, will we, in that race? No, he's going to the uh, Diamond Prelude two weeks before the Blue Diamond. Um, so no, he won't be there. But uh, yeah, as we mentioned, Duff, about the you know the the late rollout because of the I mean the the English Easter sale was sort of spread over a lot of period of time. Some there might be just horses having had one run two weeks before all of a sudden burst on the scene. Mm. Exactly. Dino, do you, I asked Duff um, in Big Sports Breakfast, do you think we have seen the Slipper winner or the Blue Diamond? We don't have to give a name, but do you think from what we've seen already that we're going to see the winner of the big races from there or have we got something else lurking? Uh, no, I think I think we might have seen it by now, yeah. Okay, all right. Um, what about this text that's come through, Duff, uh, back up on the Gold Coast? I uh, wanted to know your thoughts on... The winner of the last, the Odyssey, and, and what do we do with Yamazaki? Because there was a bit of a spruik around for Yamazaki, and uh, things just didn't go to plan. Yeah, well, she ran at the start. Mm. That was the end of her. She's a bit of a she's a bit of a mental case, Yamazaki, and, and she's had a history of that in the past, where you know, you know jockeys have refused to ride her. Actually, at some stages of her career, she's used to flip over and do all sorts of things wrong. So she's a bit of a madam. Um, I think what she's she's laying her hat on that brilliant performance 12 months ago at the Gold Coast and she did resume well um, after missing the start and everyone thought, well including me, I thought oh that sets her up beautifully uh, back to the seat of the crime but she just took no part uh, in that race and the Odyssey, well Kelly's done a great job with him, you know I think he's about his 10th win there on Saturday and he just built him up to that race and he likes the Gold Coast and a, a good result for Stephanie Thornton what do we got uh, this weekend? Uh, Royal Randwick got the Carrington Stakes listed over the fourteen hundred. Uh, we've got racing on the hillside um, there in Melbourne, and we've also got to Doombin as well. Uh, that summer carnival continuing up there. Um, I think actually we've got. Well, I know that carnival. Yeah, it's. Um, there's no big race down in Melbourne, is there? No feature Yeah, Friday race? night, the Australia Stakes. That's Friday night. Um, that's Friday night. And then, of course, Tuesday, the uh, Blue Diamond previews on Australia Day. So, uh, mm. yeah, three city meetings in four or five days. So there's plenty yeah, plenty to look at. And we're, away, we're away as well because, like you said, you've yeah. got the Carring- yeah. Carrington Stakes and then we're back to Randwick. We've got, you know, a Group 2 and two two Group 2s and a couple of Group 3s with the Apollo, the Light Fingers, the Southern Cross and the Triscay. And then we're they're into the you know the, the yeah. English meeting, and then we're we're f- 
full steam ahead. It, it won't be long until those provincial and country championship qualifiers are in full swing too, so we'll be doing that. Um, Dino, just a comment from you, because we saw that uh, rescheduled meeting, was it at Cranbourne last Friday? Um, and it's sort of, this only sort of rears its head over the summer period, but when they readjusted the times, I'm fairly sure it was Cranbourne, correct me if I'm wrong, but... A lot of the industry participants sort of saying that um, they're finding it a little bit difficult, you know, with the, with the backup, the staff. They're they're working late into the evening and then backing up in the morning for for other ace meetings. Do we need to to look at that more? I think so. I think uh, a lot of it was shot on the jockeys originally, but yeah. it's the it's the it's the staff that uh, you know at ten o'clock and yeah, the jockeys take a bit of wind, time to wind down. But some of these staff are not getting home till twelve one o'clock and you know. Then up again, so uh, you know I'm thinking, you know, look, I, I I'm a big fan. You know, I know they put the lights up and maybe use them for a couple of races, but about a nine o'clock finish and semi twilights, so I, I think, uh, um, you know, something. I, I know Mooney Valley aren't keen on it at all. They want right through, and they say that their best turnover races the last race at ten o'clock every every Friday night. So uh, that's that's their standpoint, but the. The industry in general would like a, an earlier finish, and uh, Packenham on Thursday nights have gone to nine thirty, and uh, and you may even see them go a bit earlier soon as well. And Duff, just a comment about uh, we saw while you were away on break. I mean, we had that article written about what uh, Chris sort of uh, Chris Waller had said about you know that the changing of times for staff. Any any comment there? Um, each to their own, I say. I you know it's. Um, it's if you want to start later, I think it's up to their, them to do a deal with the tracks to make sure that you know there's a, a maybe have a gap at six thirty where you redo the track and start again for the people that want to start late. But um, uh, it's we're in a um, I must say a self interest sport, and um, mm. you know, you know you, you, I've heard Chris and Richards are an advocate. He wants to start late. Well. Um, they can start late. Uh, they should be allowed to start late. But uh, the two old shifts school, of grass tracks on a Tuesday, Duff. Simple, yeah. Two, yeah. Simple, yeah. and Have um, a four to six shift and a six thirty to eight thirty shift or something. Okay, and you're not going to move Gay Waterhouse. She, you know, her father yeah. used to have everyone out of bed at two thirty, uh, yeah. and they're all they're all done and dusted by eight o'clock. Horses dressed and everything, and they yep. they start they're, they're different to everyone. And then they start back at one thirty in the afternoon. Some start at three thirty. Mm-hmm. Um, each stable and Mark Newnham, he stood up. He's a, he's from the old TJ class as well. He stood up. He 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 had his say. He was against it. Um, they're all entitled to their opinion, and maybe it's they it should be they should be going to the clubs and saying, okay, we we want two shifts. It's as simple as that. Mm. That is a very key point about you, you make. They're all individual businesses at the end of the day, aren't they? They're they're their own ecosystems, and um, you know they're not bound by. Uh, each other. So uh, each their own. Boys, horses to follow from both of you uh, before we wrap up our first ever punters post-mortem for 2021. Um, well, I, I, I like Blazer Trail. I think he's the horse to follow. And it's hard to follow horses out of this meeting because it's only going to go from strength to strength now. But there's still going to be a couple of benchmark races. So Blazer Trail Academy it was a nice return. And she's flying that filly, and the last keeps running on into into the wrong horse, uh, Starla. Beautiful, Dino. Uh, yeah, one that uh, was a bit of a hidden run on Saturday, Kentucky Breeze. It probably looked like he went plain, uh, plainly, but he won't go inside horses. And he had a horse either side of him, looked reluctant to stretch out. When he got a bit of room late, he actually went okay. So he could improve sharply his next run. Uh, horse from the Wally Yard and Import, second preparation, I think, Skyman. Uh, he's really matured out. He looked magnificent on Saturday. I thought he ran really well. And Newlong Captain, uh, he was he was 
probably had he drawn a better gate, he would have tested Coulth on Saturday in the 2000 metre race. He's heading towards the Adelaide Cup as well, I would imagine, and he's going very well. So Kentucky Breeze, Skyman, and Yulon captain for me. Gentlemen, great to have you back. Uh, have a great week on the punt, as you mentioned, Dino. A big night Friday night in Melbourne leading into Australia Day. And Duff, um, it all starts in Sydney. And look forward to, uh, to talking to you next Monday, both. Yeah, look forward to it. See you guys. All right. Thanks, Thank you. Uh, right bang on 10 o'clock. Now, scratchings are coming up for our New South Wales meetings and other meetings around the country right after this. We've then got our previews of Queanbeyan and Musselbrook Racing, which is it uh, for New South Wales. Lukey Marlow are going to steer you through the next couple of hours on Sky Sports Radio as we try and back a few winners on this Monday. See you tomorrow on the Big Sports Breakfast.